Welcome to the Not For Girls podcast. This is a podcast by two women fighting gender stereotypes and talking life, friends and everything in between. My name is Nikki. And I'm Leah. We're here to talk about friends this episode, as you can probably tell from we're changing up our intro every time, to, like a teaser of what the episode's going to be about. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this episode is all about friends, friendship, um, and everything that we've experienced and continue to experience in the world of, of, of friends. Yes. And even though we keep saying the word, it's not the TV show Friends even though it's no. great uh and i think <laughs> that i would be a monica you'd probably be i'm gonna mm, rachel oh okay i don't know if that's an insult or not no no oh, definitely not an insult she's like okay. the best one <laughs> yeah i feel i feel like if i was oh, i don't know i feel like i'm like a combination of all of them because i feel like i've got like monica's sort of neurotic side <laughs> yeah but then kind of sides of rachel maybe as well in and- the kind of how i see myself and then phoebe's kind of like weirdness so i guess i felt like a combination of all of them to be honest yeah and and i definitely have joey's love of food (laughs) yeah that's true yeah we can be the men too yeah i'm I'm definitely a ross yeah work work wise i think you are you got got some science Mm. work going on exactly but anyway (laughs) but anyway (laughs) we're here to talk about friendships and and how we've sort of gone through life and i think it's quite fitting uh, with our with our last episode as well, where we did solitude and isolation, because mm-hmm. it fits in quite nicely. Because despite the fact that we are introverts, we do like to have friends, of course. And like, I think if there's one thing that uh, the lockdown has kind of shown, it's that actually maintaining our friendships, even when we don't see people face to face, is so important for our well being. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we talked about that last episode as well. So uh, it's it feels like a nice progression to talk about this now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So I think it would be a nice idea to start from the very beginning of our lives <laughs> because friendship is something that kind of blossoms as soon as you're able to kind of hold a conversation, even at age like four, yeah. uh, you know, and you're sort of thrown into the world of, of like nursery and play school and everything. You're mm. sort of almost like forced to make friends, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's there's that whole thing, and and I see it now with uh, friends and people I know who have kids, and talking about the importance of getting them socialised <laughs> so that they can go to school and be around other people and like know how to share and know how to play nicely and ask if you can borrow that tip <laughs> pen that they might not be using right now, but you can't just snatch things. And it's all this, uh, yeah, socialisation, I guess, of uh, you know making sure that we're yeah. nice little kids and not little uh, assholes <laughs> um mm. even, even as a child though I do remember like my first few memories I found it absolutely terrifying mm. I never liked to go to play school like my mum would say that I would I mean most most kids probably like the first day dropped off at play school never happy never want to be there always like crying screaming um but I was terrible like I for weeks on end my mum couldn't even get me through the door wow um I was terrified of the other children literally fucking terrified mm. Uh, so how long did it take you to make friends when you started going to like play school nursery things like that? I don't think I ever made friends at play school I think that was that was a shit show Um, especially because they kept trying to give us milk and that was apparently one of the reasons why I didn't go to that one did you hate milk as well as a kid yeah oh my god I still hate it I can't Mm. ah right okay but I'm like partly lactose intolerant and I wasn't Mm. then but like I feel like it was like a a thing (laughs) it was like a precursor where I was like no no yeah I didn't like it so I play school didn't really happen to be honest (laughs) I remember having uh, a friend at uh, at, at play school or preschool uh, whatever it's called uh, I think they called it registration back then yeah. in the oh, my yeah, catchment course, area yeah. Um, but yeah like nursery preschool whatever and uh, her name's Alison and uh, we were like you know good friends and would always do potato painting together and all those fun activities <laughs> and then I remember so it was like a, a nursery group that was part of the same primary school so kids who went to the nursery group then started year one in that that primary school that was all yeah. part of under the same thing and new kids started in that primary school and then I remember Alison made a better friend with another girl who picked oh, on me no. 
and that was my first ever experience of like a, a good friendship and a bad friendship because then it was like you know there was this whole kind of friendship triangle of jealousy where you had like I, betrayal at the get-go yeah it was it was like it was it cut deep man <laughs> so wow. yeah I remember wanting like really liking Alison but this other girl didn't like me and so I didn't want to be friends with her and so it was all this like jealousy and everything straight from a young age so uh you know I, it's, I guess it's <laughs> character building right <laughs> yeah I I did eventually make a friend I I don't think I had too much luck sort of early years but I think is it is it year one or maybe it was registration I can't remember mm. I remember walking out of school like to meet my mum after it or I was probably traumatised. I probably like walked out looking dishevelled and stressed. <laughs> and and there was a girl that was stood there and I think she was new. I don't think she started the exact same time as everyone else. And I just remember going up to her and I said, Do you like dogs? <laughs> and she said, Yes, but not when they jump at me. And then for some reason I went round her house the very same day. I think our mums were having a chat. And that's maybe why I communicated with her. Like they'd, they'd obviously just met outside the school gates and were just having like a, a general kind of chit chat. Mm-hmm. And obviously at that point we decided, uh, for the sake of this, I'll call her Georgie. Um, and, you know, I think that day I went around her house and we just became like the best friends just from this one conversation where I decided to just ask her, do you like dogs? And the funny thing is I feel like that's how my friendships go now. I tend to be like, hey, do you like stuff i mean to, to be fair that would work on me if somebody came up to me and was like hey do you like dogs i'd be like yeah i love dogs what's your, yeah. what's the best kind of what's tell me about the dogs you own do you have a dog can i meet the dog that would that would a, a genuine friendship would blossom from that i know so if only it was that easy but yeah it, funnily enough actually um i was thinking about this the other day this this particular girl georgie we're not really friends anymore i don't really know i think i got mm. her on facebook she's pretty standard um <laughs> she went to different schools and we kind of just like drifted apart mm. we actually um we actually did like a radio show when I was about seven on his little tape cassette and I still have it and we did like our own adverts so I was doing my own like adverts for things we did an actual talk show and I just thought that's actually really funny and quite relative to this so you, so you, you almost trained for this yeah as a kid a podcast at like seven years old before podcasts were cool yeah so that was my first friend so uh yeah how I mean you said you're not in touch with her anymore so I guess like no. do you have many friends from childhood still or uh you know how how what's yeah what's how's that how's your friendships changed since then it's actually requiring a lot of thought because I'm trying to think of like the oldest friend that I've got that I'm still technically like in good contact with and mm-hmm. I think actually might be my friend Steph who I do the Game to Five podcast with because everyone else although I may sort of like reach out every now and again and say hey how you doing not really someone I consider as like friends more sort of old acquaintances right um so really from probably about age 14 15 where my oldest friends sort of start coming in everyone else before then didn't really make the cut which is a bit sad <laughs> how about you yeah so I, I don't I don't have any friends really from my childhood so uh I we my family moved around loads so I was the new kid quite a lot growing up and I would it's happened a couple of times where like I would start a new school be all weird and an outsider and try and you know assimilate myself into these really established groups of of friends uh, as, as a kid and then you know would kind of get maybe a little bit uh ostracized or maybe picked on because the new kid's always an easy target and then like we'd move again in like two more years just as I was maybe starting to make friends so (laughs) I feel like uh maybe it's made me the kind of person who uh like I I will always like appreciate my friends when I have them but I'm kind of used to falling out of touch with people almost uh which is I kind of sad I suppose in a way but also like it is really hard to to maintain friendships uh, where you've maybe only known somebody for a few months and there's not really a, a, like a really deep connection there with them and or you only know them through school or you only know them through through work. Uh, so, yeah, I think I in, in, in my adult life, I definitely have like friends that I've had for a longer time, but only people who've really kind of like I've actually connected with and, you know, uh, yeah develops like a really real friendship bond with yeah. so but I think my oldest friend is probably I mean it's it's 
probably this side of 10 years. I probably don't have, apart from my siblings, I probably don't have anybody yeah. that I've known longer than that. Yeah. I think I think we change as well. Like me at 10 or even 15, well, yeah, probably actually probably younger because obviously I still got friends at 15, mm. probably like nine, eight, you know, you, you change so much. Like you're not the person that you were. And especially as you know, you go through sort of teenage years, someone that maybe you were friends with when you were about nine, 10, even if it was like since you were really young, you're going to change so much and you're mm. not going to like you're obviously going to go through like teenage years adulthood and the connections that you had when you were like a child where you were talking about dogs <laughs> isn't necessarily going to transcend you really have to work at it and i think it, it's such a weird thing to think about like you know especially one of my other friends for the sake of this i'll call her i'm just gonna give them weird names linda um <laughs> me and linda like were friends from like reception to probably about age 13 14 then we started drifting like we had such a long time together and we spent so we did so much but so much time together but the way that she changed when she became like a teenager going into like 17 18 was something that i did not like Mm -hmm. and and at that point our friendship had kind of ended it's it's really bizarre yeah I i definitely know what you mean and i think that's a really good point especially through those kind of adolescent years i'd say maybe 13 to about 18 uh, mm. is so I mean that's where all you, you, the coming of age stories happen every book every film every like inspiring <laughs> high school story where someone actually finds themselves uh, p- you know people can massively change at that point and go into to really different walks of life uh, for their adulthood and uh, so yeah that's that's definitely true I, I yeah I completely agree with that and I, I actually think another another kind of aspect that maybe made it harder for our generation compared to kids now is we didn't re- we had dial up internet nobody had a smartphone i could not keep in touch True. just by sending a snapchat and like or facetiming somebody in bed like my dad would literally have to drive me down a motorway if i ever wanted to go visit my friends from my old school which i maybe did a few times and then he just kind of got sick of <laughs> trying to drive me somewhere every other weekend and was like can we wait a bit longer next time and you know then it, yeah. it, it all kind of yeah you drift apart and it just falls by the wayside and I don't know if this has happened for you, but definitely since like social media boomed, uh, you know, throughout, like, I guess, coming through like uh, college and university for our kind of age group. Everybody that I used to know from school started adding me. And for a while, I added all these people uh, that I used to go to school with and had like a thousand Facebook friends. And then it really just dawned on me that I don't know these people anymore. I've got nothing in common with them. And even that now that I have the ability to stay in touch, I, I don't even know what I would talk to them about. Like there's no, there's just no connection there anymore. So um, then I had a cull and now I'm down to like a hundred. <laughs> and that's the people that I actually would stop in, in the street if I saw them and be like, oh my God, how are you? Like that's the test in my head. I'm like, would I, would I stop and chat with you? Or would I kind of cross the street and be like, oh no, I don't. I I got nothing to say to that person. You know? <laughs> I have the exact same test. So I started probably when I was in like mid twenties. I started doing this thing where I was seeing a lot of people in town because where I live, well, yeah, near where you live, mm. there was it was like everyone from my school, everyone that I worked with, just everyone in my life ever, just always just around, like bumping into them in like a, a shop or something. Mm. And I realized there was a lot of people that I really would just like walk down the other aisle to avoid despite the fact that they're on like Facebook and that maybe I used to be friends with them. Like a lot of the time I don't want to, I don't want to stop for small talk. I don't want to do it. I have no desire. And I realized that if I see someone and I don't want to talk to them, I shouldn't have them on Facebook because it doesn't really make any sense. Like why, why am I allowing you to see into my life, my personal stuff, my private stuff, if we would never even stop on the street to talk to each other or desire to like or hide our heads when we see each other because we know like it's gonna be awkward right and it's yeah i think it's definitely something that happens as you get older when you're younger i think you just want to accumulate all these facebook friends and be all like yeah but as you get older you're kind of just like actually i don't think i even liked you (laughs) yeah i i think i've definitely reached that point now where for me it's quality over quantity yes and i know that the friends that i've got are actually people who they would turn up for me and I would turn up for them and there's there's no question about that and you know if if 
we message each other. Nobody's ghosting. Nobody's crossing the street to avoid each other. You know, we're getting replies. We're talking. We're keeping it going. You know, we both have that mutual connection. And uh, with each friend that I, I'm still sort of currently in touch with now, uh, I just I know that they're the kind of person that I want in my life. And I'd, I'd rather have a hundred people, five, ten, even got, yeah, just a handful of people like that who were just absolutely like amazing and solid friends than a thousand people that I knew for a few months 10 years ago and now have nothing to say to like I think definitely when when you know you kind of get into this adulthood stage of your life you start to change where you place that value Mm. I think I think quality of a quantity like summarizes it perfectly especially with my friendships now I feel like just people just kind of wean away do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's nice. A lot of the flies have sort of dropped off. And now the ones that are left are like my real solid friendships, people that I really care about and want to continue having friendships with. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what's quite nice about kind of being like nearing 30, being sort of late 20s, is you're now like, you're making the effort of people that deserve it. And I think a lot of the time for me, I was making effort of people that did not deserve it, mm-hmm. that were questionable humans, that, you know it just wasn't right and now I think I've really kind of dedicated the right time to people that I do care about and 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 I don't have like no regrets with it yeah definitely which which kind of kind of brings us on nicely to talking about our friendships now uh which we, we are already kind of talking about a little bit quite naturally but now that we've got this to this point in our adulthood um and, and in terms of what our friendships are like now com- compared to how they were when they were kids um yeah I guess in terms of what you look for in a friend has changed like maybe yeah even though do you like dogs is a great starting point and I'm <laughs> definitely gonna use it <laughs> I guess uh would it be fair to say that there's some deeper values going on there that that would be more important to us now yeah i think so i i always look out for red flags like i I feel like i've had a few friends in my lifetime that especially obviously like in recent times that there's been so many friendship red flags that you Mm. have put as a red flag and if it was a relationship that i have you know entirely ignored Mm. and so now i feel like when looking for friendships I'm looking out for some of these things, you know, like how much effort is made and and some of the things, the way they're said. Mm. But I find making friends now incredibly difficult. I don't know about you. That's really interesting because I feel like you and I made friends quite easily and it was only a few years ago that we like (laughs) we haven't been friends for that long, but it's a great story. I feel like we should touch on this. (laughs) Go for it. So, yeah, I guess uh, it started. I met you through my my partner but he wasn't there (laughs) so what happened was but a a mutual friend had tickets to go to see uh final fantasy distant worlds concert and uh this mutual friend and you and steph uh were going and there was one ticket i guess somebody had dropped out and uh the mutual friend put something on facebook saying hey does anybody want to go see the final fantasy concert soon and my partner saw that and was like hey you're a massive final fantasy nerd want to go see the live music uh the concert distant worlds and that had been like a life dream of mine I, I mean I grew up playing final fantasy games I absolutely loved them the music was I mean I still have music from final fantasy games on like my workout playlists and stuff like it's such good music and uh, so seeing the concert I was like yes they definitely want to go and I thought he was just buying us tickets. So he typed some stuff into his computer and he was like, doopy doop, there you go. Right, <laughs> off you go, have fun. And I was like, wait, what? You're not going to be there? And he was like, no, but uh, you you know this mutual friend from work and uh, you know, you'll meet a bunch of my other friends and they're all really lovely. And I remember I was so scared because I, the mutual friend that I knew through work, like, I mean, she's so cool and awesome and I never had spoken to her and I felt so intimidated that I was actually hanging out with, like, to my mind, one of the cool kids. <laughs> and Because, um, you know, office politics are like and, uh, you know, this friend, she's just awesome. So I was like, oh, my God, like, this is scary. I don't know these people really that well. And now I'm going to go spend the day with them in London to go see Final Fantasy. Uh, OK. And then but you are one of those people. And um, we end up having a really awesome time. And then we got the train back together, uh, back to where we lived later that evening. And 
had a really good chat about we did. life and yeah. uni and stuff. Uh, yeah, because I, I remember, like, I remember, because I, I, I used to work with your partner for maybe, like, three, four years, but we were all sort mm-hmm. of in the same circle, same with Steph. And um, I remember I was actually in Australia at the time, but but I was told that that there was someone coming with us that I didn't know. I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, they said it was, is, um, you know, his partner and everything. And I remember I did have, like, a little stalk, and I was like, I hope she's cool. <laughs> I do, I do remember we went we went out uh, for drinks uh, before lockdown and uh, and you saying that you didn't like my partner's ex so you were like oh I hope this one's nice and I felt so proud and so smug when we were in that bar and you were like I Facebook stalked you and decided you were cool I was like ah yes I made it yeah. I passed the test um, but you must have you must have been shitting it really because if that was me and I had to go meet like three girls that I'd never met before in my life that just happened to be like friends with my partner I'd be like this is gonna go horribly wrong this is terrifying (laughs) but you did really really well and and like I think you just we did everything right like we didn't sort of um treat each other with any kind of animosity I think you know we were all there because we love Final Fantasy and games and we all kind of just geeked out about it and I think nobody nobody treated each other differently and and it was nice because I think that like it's so rare for me to actually make friends um especially female friends now yeah as an adult yeah and especially sort of like meeting you and just like you were just so enthusiastic and just happy and just happy to be there and it wasn't like it wasn't hard and especially like our train journey we just like spoke about everything yeah um about ourselves and it was just really cool I I felt like I was like oh my god like this is nice like I'm probably like making a friend but the funny thing is is we did not speak for like a year (laughs) (laughs) yeah also because I guess that you went back like traveling and stuff and nobody else apart from the mutual friend through work nobody else uh, still lived close to me for a little while and it wasn't until you came to work at that place uh yeah. and I, I i remember like because uh i i knew you as nikki and i couldn't find you on the company system because they, like they use your full name and so i was like who's nicola <laughs> and, um, and yeah so then um i was like oh my god oh that girl's really cool i like her and then i was like does she remember me like um did was i like lame that day like should i like, mm. like chat to you yeah. i think i think when like before obviously like we went our separate ways off of the train so it sounds like a romantic story doesn't it <laughs> It does yeah like a hollywood black and white movie <laughs> <laughs> we we were saying like yes like we should meet up like we should play like dungeons and dragons we were like we should do this we should do that like yeah yeah, yeah. and then like obviously we never did i didn't go off traveling but i i think i was writing up my dissertation and i was doing my uni stuff and, yeah like, and then obviously i needed a job so i got the job at the other place and i remember like i saw you sitting in like the canteen and i was like i swear that's her i know she used to work here she must be back and i was sort of how are you things going for my mind i'm like do i go say hello do what do i do i'm like this is really awkward <laughs> and i think i just went up to you and i think i just went leah and then you were like hello and you look like you kind of shit yourself at this point um, I, yeah, and i was I like oh my I god did. this is the wrong person <laughs> No, I I realised it wasn't and it was fine. Yeah, because I think what was really nice about like that day in London with the concert was like nothing was forced. And that was what really came through then when we uh, found each other again and like through work was like uh, it actually just was a really genuine like, you know, you're so easy to talk to. And we had loads in common. And as soon as we started uh, chatting over the company like MSN system, which was meant to be for like, oh, I've got a customer who needs to speak to you, but actually was like, hey, uh, what are you up to later? Like, do you want to take lunch? (laughs) What do you think about uh, this storyline in that Final Fantasy game? And wasn't that boss fight really hard? And (laughs) that's pretty much how we survived our days working in like a really shitty, boring office job. (laughs) And I think there was also emphasis because it does happen to be that, you know, there were a couple of cool people there, Mm. but generally it was full of people that we probably don't have anything in common with. Very like, you know, most of them, I didn't, I haven't formed any long-term friendships there. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and so finding someone that was a little bit nerdy, well, I say a little bit, a lot nerdy. <laughs> Thank um, you. Into like the same things, like not what you would normally get as like a, a <laughs> I don't want to insult people. Um, to, you know, just, just quite someone like quite a, different. Like it was a very corporate place. And I think yes. that a lot of the people there reflected that. So yeah. in terms of appearance, all the managers were like attractive people who could be in the catalogue for the company. It was very much that kind of place. Like you, you had to fit that corporate mould. And I think being a little bit 
tattooed and a little bit nerdy and or a lot nerdy as you quite rightly said and into like video games and uh you know kind of uh interests that weren't necessarily that mainstream certainly in that yeah. company and possibly in sort of wider society as well although that is changing D&D is becoming more mainstream certainly of course. but uh but yeah I think that that was actually something it had like it was almost like a lifeline where I was like, oh my God, I can actually talk to this person and yeah. my days don't suck wall to wall anymore. <laughs> I think a lot of people were talking about Love Island and, you know, me being someone that's never watched it, I was like, I just couldn't, you know, couldn't be bothered with these people. But yeah. then as soon as you came along, it was just like, yes. Like, I remember, actually, in fact, I remember saying to you, hey, do you want to listen to my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so many people uh, at that company, which neither of us work for anymore, thank God, but they didn't even know about your podcast. And I remember- when oh, They don't you, even know me. Yeah. <laughs> any of any like of, living a secret life. Any of our actual interests. So I remember, like, when you told me about that, and I, I just, I got this thing of, like, <gasps> I'm- I'm like I'm I've been chosen like <laughs> I've actually trusted to like come into that like in a sanctum of like yeah. hey this is my person this is who I am and I, this is something that I'm cool to share with you and um I, th- I think it, that's definitely something that I think it's harder to find as an adult uh, to find that genuine connection with people and I think what what made it easier is that initially came through people that we knew my partner and a mutual friend through work. And so there was kind of common ground there already and we were able to get to know each other and in that way, nothing did feel forced. But then because we had so many similar interests and because we had so many similar values, uh, it, it became a really natural you know I just I, I would come into work every day and be like right I'll, I'll chat to Nikki when she gets in I'll see how she's doing or I'll, yeah. I'll print off secretly some stuff about gaming and then slide it onto her desk and be like oh uh, I got one of your letters by mistake here you go <laughs> <laughs> I remember you gave me this like the Stardew Villager presents thing printed off yes yeah, because you have to give them presents that they love <laughs> yeah I remember just being like this is great I love this <laughs> and I also printed out the entire I don't care I don't work for this company anymore I'll say this I printed off the entire D&D player handbook in colour when I was supposed to be print- <laughs> printing off. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like 300 pages. And I was supposed to be printing off like, uh, you know, uh, uh, like training packs or letters or like, you know, materials. And so people saw me at the printer quite a lot, like, you know, uh, <laughs> just kind of getting all my stuff. And I was like, I, I hate this job. Um, and this yeah. company is like really corporate and soulless and I'm just going to print off some D stuff so i can play it with my friends <laughs> <laughs> but i um I, I do think like especially what you're saying about the fact that i, I wasn't really myself when i was there i think mm. that tends to be what i'm like generally with a lot of my friendships starting out is i do not show like myself truly until i can trust the person i think i've always been very secretive not in like mm. a, a malicious way just in the way that i'm i'm often quite afraid of people i'm often quite afraid of showing like my true self to people in case it's almost like a rejection thing right um yeah kind of like an yeah. onion like if one yeah. layer makes you cry you don't get to see beneath the next one like exactly <laughs> you're not gonna like, peel away I, I, that next layer to get to the center yeah I know a lot of people aren't like, a lot of people were very like open books, like put everything out there. But for me, like mm. I'm not, I will, I will give you bits and I will see how you respond and I will see how, how that goes. But you know, I, it's just, I think it's just always been me. And I think that's why sometimes I struggle with friends is because uh, I've, I've made like a few female friends, maybe like mid twenties through work and things. And initially mm. they would always tell me the same thing. They would always say, it was like a running theme. I thought you hated me when I first met you. And all that used to always really shock me because for me, I was always trying to be like the nicest person. Um, and sort of just get to know them. But it's weird, I've, I've just always had that running theme, mm. um, which I think can sort of maybe take us into our next little section where we were gonna talk about friendships with with like women compared to men and things like that. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I, I think everybody hates me when I first meet new people though. Like, I don't know if yeah. that's, it's hard I to tell when, thanks, I didn't hate you either. <laughs> but I think it can be really hard to tell like when that's targeted and when it's just like my own insecurity, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's definitely different compared to like friendships with women compared to friendships with men. Like I absolutely, and since this is not for girls and we talk about gender and you know, what what some of those stereotypes are like and we try to bust those myths. Uh, I think, yeah, I de- definitely have some experiences there. And part of it I think is growing up having an older brother 
Mm -hmm. because everything he did was the coolest thing in the world and i wanted to do that if he's going to climb that tree i can't climb a tree he's, he's going <laughs> to ride his bike oh, yeah i'm going to i'm going to go on my, riding my bike as well oh is the same he's going to play final fantasy oh, i'm going to play that game that, i love that game now <laughs> and so <laughs> these things became real parts of my personality real building blocks of who i ended up becoming and so i think that uh having an older brother and kind of having those interests was almost like a gateway into having really easy and relaxed male friendships because I would always hang out with him and his friends and I'm sure that that annoyed him like you know, no one wants their kid's sister you know bringing down their street cred <laughs> when they're like hanging with the guys um, but in terms of even like a sense of humor I think is a really uh, one that I notice a lot so uh, I, f I find that like uh, guys will joke about gross things and when I've, I've made similar kind of gross jokes, like toilet humor kind of stuff, I mean, yeah. I mean, and if I ever kind of repeated some of those things, which I thought was funny because I was like 11 and a kid. <laughs> and if I ever repeated those to female friends at that age, they'd be like, oh, what are you talking? That's disgusting. Don't say yeah. that. And so I feel like from such a young age, there was a real difference in terms of like, friendships by gender and I could be a certain way with the guys and I could kind of be a bit gross and be a bit silly and be a bit goofy uh, and you know kind of have have that rapport with them uh, but with with girls I'd have to talk about like oh my god a Britney Spears new music video is so amazing and so like <laughs> do you know what I mean like uh, that's probably 100%. that's a really reductive yeah. way of saying it but I, I would have to just edit I guess my personality and bring certain things to the table yeah. um and I think I think I sometimes still do that hmm. uh yeah. I think with uh with female friendships uh that I have with you and other women I think I I mean I absolutely feel comfortable bringing up feminist values and you know talking about uh, uh like really entrenched gender issues as well as able to be gross or able to be a bit nerdy or able to be a bit silly or you know I, it's kind of like I can be my whole self and then now with guy friends uh, the rapport is still there the common interests are still there and the sense of humor is still there but if I find if I bring up like feminist issues in those groups it's real easy for it to be dismissed because I think a lot of these guys have grown up and work in very male dominated industries and they just never hear these conversations. So it's almost as though if I bring them to the table, uh, they, they don't know how to have these conversations or they kind of will just make a sexist joke. And I almost kind of have to stop myself bringing that up now, uh, yeah. which is a shame because, uh, you know, we're trying to change people's minds and having <laughs> conversations is quite important to do that, I guess. <laughs> of course. Do you think you've had more male friends than female friends? In, in my life or like right now in my life? In your life. Yeah, I think I probably have. Yeah. Yeah. I weirdly, although sort of growing up very similar to you, like having an older brother and and basically almost like following in his footsteps, you know, playing games. I mm. play with his toys. Um, I was what they would probably call quote unquote like a toy boy. A toy boy? No, I'm not a toy boy. What the fuck? A tomboy. A tomboy. Yeah, I got called that I mean, as well. But I, yeah. I could be a toy boy, I guess. Um, <laughs> A tomboy, that's probably like another thing for another episode of like growing up and things. But mm. I, I think weirdly, I didn't actually end up having that many male friends. And I think the reason was growing up was because I always felt, even though I probably was just looking for friendship in these things, I always felt like guys didn't want to talk to me because I kind of wasn't as attractive as like my other friend kind of thing. Um, and so often I felt like my, my friendships with men until I was a little bit older we're often based on that like obviously I know like boys at that age they, they do tend to have like one thing on their mind potentially you say although that's kind of a stereotype they don't mm. I think that's what I thought in my head that's what I that's how I felt and I felt like they don't want to be friends with me because I'm not attractive um because I was a little bit of, of what I used to call I used to think that I was a bit of like a duckling and and I just didn't think that anyone you know would want to be friends with me so I had a lot of female friends growing up who I often felt like just I don't know I, it's it's such a weird thing when I think about it but I think generally my personality was more probably geared towards male friendships and I did have a, I do have some amazing ones now 
and and I know that we're friends just because we're friends. But yeah, back then for me, it was, it was so complicated. Mm. Yeah, and I and I think that I definitely like ran into similar issues. It's really funny that you say that because I feel like. I didn't necessarily hit that like uh, attractive, you know, beauty standard either. And a lot of the girls that I was friends with, it was like they were always the pretty one and I was more the weird one. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> but then I feel like that was why I had more guy friends because mm. it wasn't that they necessarily felt they were attracted to me, but almost that, you know, being a tomboy was like being a being an upgraded girl because True. you're not ostracized yeah. you can hang i'm not saying that's right necessarily but mm. i'm saying that like uh you know boys would when we, at that age boys would talk about oh, girls girls are lame like oh they yeah. like they suck they're not cool and so being a tomboy was like an upgrade from that it was like oh well i you know i can i can be in this group and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that that's h- how yeah. I think the treat the treatment felt back then. For sure, and I think I was too I was too shy for that. I think I couldn't even make friends with boys because I was like just crippled by <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think, but but when when I it's really strange and I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this but I think that when I had uh, female friends uh, who were like in the male friendship groups I almost felt like even if they were the pretty one and they were kind of more conventionally you know cute or attractive or whatever and in that beauty standard uh, then I still almost felt like there was this element of competition of rivalry almost and I feel like that has kind of almost you know evolved and progressed into adulthood and we definitely saw this in the corporate place we worked where you know either you kind of get one of two things women who don't give a shit what you look like and they think you're cool they get 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 on well with you and think yeah support women like you know I've got no judgment to you I've got no animosity towards you I just think yeah absolutely yay sisterhood or it's seeing you as a threat and if you have guy attention because you have guy friends and you uh you know just talking to people of the opposite sex which is a is a bullshit thing anyway because like anybody can be any sexuality that doesn't necessarily mean that like I'm having sex with everyone like it's not a it's not that like it's so dumb but uh it was like a competition thing so then uh you know you would get girls like amping up the flirty comments way more or like making more suggestive comments to like draw a guy's attention and I just I'm not here for that I just want to get on with people who have similar interests to me without like getting anybody's backup and Mm. it felt like uh you know even coming into adulthood a lot of those stereotypes are still out there for sure I feel like I've struggled a lot with with that kind of stuff um having like guy friends later on in life um especially sort of working in bars and and things like that where you sort of make quite a lot of friends Mm. i've had a lot of problems i find with like with female friends or just females in general um making like assumptions judgments on who i'm friends with whether or not it's just a perfectly innocent um like non anything relationship with a guy like sort of friendship with a guy Mm. and and I think one of my my biggest peeves actually was was sort of um if I if I've sort of come across a female that's also friends with with the male that I'm friends with and 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 I'm trying to make effort to like get to know her even if it's if it's a a good male friend's partner Mm. I've had a lot of time the problems with me trying to then get to know the said female friend completely with no you know assumptions no judgments no nothing just like i just want to get to know you because we, we either have a mutual friend or you're dating my male friend mm. and sometimes being met with a lot of like you know judgment and almost like aggression like passive aggressiveness yeah just because i'm female and i'm friends with them and i struggle with that a lot because a lot of the time i'm like look i just want to be your friend yeah literally <laughs> that's it it's not it's not complicated yeah, yeah. So we kind of have this almost like competitiveness, I think, with with some females where it's like there's just this sort of like need to just, well, we think that we should hate each other when when no, that is not the case. Mm. If you have made the effort and you have have shown that you just want, you know, you want to be friends and that obviously you're friends with this person, then there should be no judgment. You should just be treated as another human Mm -hmm. that is just like trying, trying to know you. And I think as well, I've had a lot of problems with with 
some females will just just ignore me almost like they just don't care mm. about me and they just want to speak to that person they just want to do this and it's i think sometimes the respect and treatment is just like out the window it's just there's just a lot of problems i think sometimes when it comes to this so many like complications with friendship being a woman yeah absolutely i, I guess it kind of brings up the question and this is such a, an age-old question so i just am really interested in your answer so do you think that a man and a woman can ever be just friends yeah yeah same. i think 100 i i believe that because i have i now have male friendships that have only ever been male friendships mm. and and they're absolutely great and there's nothing weird there and everyone likes each other's partners and everything's like great and, and fine and and yes maybe when you're younger it's a bit more complicated when you're like adolescent teenagers mm. but going into adulthood yes it's absolutely fine so yeah i completely yeah. agree um so i guess that would kind of bring us quite nicely on to um nikki's science section yes <laughs> since we're kind of talking about uh these these types of things so wh what's the scientific insight into into friendships or, or gendered friendships in general yeah so i mean it kind of leads on as well from our last episode where we were talking about humans as like a social species like we're incredibly mm. social and that's that's undeniable um you know we need friendships to survive really like we need people to survive but the actual ability to kind of make and maintain social connections is is interestingly does have a limit and i found this really interesting so it's it's uh, something that i learned when i was in university actually about a guy called robert dunbar mm. he's an evolutionary psychologist and he basically found that we can only maintain comfortably about 150 stable friendships in our life wow and so people in our, on Facebook, in our life rather than at any at any time just over the i think it, no it's sorry i think it's yeah it's like at any time ah, okay. you can have about 100 150 right um so people that have like thousands of friends on facebook like are unlikely to be sustaining <laughs> those friendships well yeah um Non-human primates can probably only sustain about 50. Oh. But yeah, so we have about 150. So, I mean, which is amazing, really. But these these could also like to sort of like family connections and not necessarily mm. have to be like non-related um, things. But I, I find that really interesting because although there, there is this need and this advantage to have friendship, like it does have a limit. Because if you think about it back in the wild, if you were walk around with like a fucking gang of like 200 people yeah you're probably gonna get like killed yeah. because you're like an easy target whereas if there's like a stable amount of you like you're good mm. um and yeah i just i think friendship is quite an interesting thing to look at evolutionary because generally we tend you tend to think that like family is like the main basis like a lot of animal groups will always be family like it'll be like the sort of the sons the daughters like things like the gorillas um some of them are obviously not related but generally you always tend to have these like family units especially with elephants but you know there are still ones that aren't related and you you kind of need them and so in with other primates to sort of do things like making friendships you do things like the physical grooming mm. like you eat each other's bugs and stuff <laughs> yeah and you know and that's kind of what gets you bonded and you're kind of like okay we're good but with humans you know we have things like singing laughing dancing these these things give us this social high and i think when you sort of like make these connections with people you're more likely then to help them later in, on in life and that's very beneficial i think like if you're being attacked by a fucking mm. mammoth like if you've made a mate that oh, i was like dancing with him last night like he's more likely to save you because maybe i don't know you had a fun time dancing in the cave yeah they want to dance with you next week and they can't do that if you get pulped by a mammoth. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons they say friendship is quite important as well because is you get such a diverse set of skills with more people, especially if like you can trust mm. them. Some people will be great at like um, understanding like tiger behavior that they're going to go kill, but someone might be really good at killing them. Or like you might be really good at like mm. treating the wounds from when I get fucking slashed by said tiger. And so having this diverse group of people is actually quite awesome because you're like, okay, we're not family. I'm not sleeping with you. We're not having the babies in the cave later, but you're there and I can trust you and you're going to help me if something's going to happen. So, so friendship's good. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's like a, a knowledge pool or a skills pool where like, you know, it's it's a community of people that make them yeah. make everybody stronger, even though it's not like a family mm. connection. And I think that's why rejection hurts. I think biologically mm. it hurts because as we were saying in the last episode, if you're shunned and rejected and no one likes you and you're gone off you've gone off to live in the cave by yourself you're probably gonna die so sometimes if yeah. you're rejected at school or whatever you're feeling a bit shit because someone doesn't want to be your friend like 
you're going to feel shit because that's a bit sad, but also you're going to feel shit because biologically your brain's being like, fuck, I'm going to go die in a cave. And I, I guess that's why like acceptance is so important. And I, I mean, for me, it's kind of, I'm relating this back to being the new kid at school and feeling ostracized. Yeah. And yeah, there really is like a biological like alarm bell going on there of like shit what am I gonna do like if I don't know anybody here like how how am I gonna get yeah. by uh so yeah I mean I think that can make like moving mm. moving to a new place really scary yeah. like especially at, at a young age and then it's so important to build those social skills so that if we do new, move to a new place at, a, at an older age or go to a gig in London with some people you don't know at an older age yeah. <laughs> you have those social skills to be able to you know to, to speak and, and develop a rapport and develop mm. a friendship and you know that's that's something that actually we're we're really hardwired to rely on I guess for me personally like just last week I went up like two hours away to do some work and was surrounded by people I did not know and honestly mm. it was the most terrifying thing I felt like I was back at school I felt like the new kid and I just felt crippled again like I was at play school being fed milk um and yeah. but I just had <laughs> to like milk. remind myself I'm like whatever I'm feeling now like feeling rejected feeling sort of ostracized feeling like I don't belong is all just kind of signals in my brain making me think this way almost because I know I've got family I've got friends everything is fine everyone's just like two hours away it's all good doesn't matter if people don't like me it really doesn't matter I'm not going to go die in a cave it's going to be fine and I think that's really yeah. good um to remind yourself and I do have some science behind female friendship not very much but um actually female friendship is very popular in like the animal kingdom in evolutionary um sort of circumstances as well because a lot of the time the male of the species including humans back in the day um would have dispersed Mm. to go hunt and do things and so the females always tend to stay together stay behind you know looking sometimes they'll go and sort of get berries and things like that or they'll look after the young and so really female Mm. connections are incredibly important especially like on an evolutionary basis uh, you know males are uh, prevalent with, between each other as well but i think females rely on each other for a lot a lot of like kinship yeah you know sometimes if a female isn't able to look after a young that day maybe she's not feeling great like a female friend would then take over yes this could be a sister or a mother sometimes but you know not not all species have mm. necessarily brothers and sisters all, all the way so yeah and i think that having these sort of concrete friendships mean less stress like your infant is likely to survive and live longer because of this so Mm. so really female relationships are important and so i think it's it's very good to have them despite the fact that you may have more male friends like it's still good to have female friends Mm. too yeah absolutely like uh i'm I'm pretty sure there's a a tribe uh somewhere and every uh adult female in the tribe is referred to as Mm. mother and every man is referred to as father and it's it's almost like they're it's a whole family rather than just oh I'm only reliant on this one yeah. parent for my survival it's yeah it's it's again that knowledge sharing yeah. and that that pool of, of like uh, skills where everybody's looked after mm. um, which yeah definitely really strengthens them and I, and I definitely find that with with female friends as well in that kind of really stereotypical like uh, rom-com way where like you know I remember when I um, when I first started dating my partner now like I hadn't uh, dated anybody for a while I'd had a bit of time to myself and you know kind of built myself up and uh enjoyed being single and being on my own for a bit and then had completely forgotten like how how do I how to date (laughs) what do I do what's the how how do I do this and even in like really dumb like Cosmo ways you know it's like you're talking to your female friends like I'd be texting my friends going like okay what's am I weird (laughs) what do I do when I feel this way or like because I'm trying to like play it cool but like (laughs) and I guess that's quite evolutionary Mm. as well like in terms of courtship and mating rituals like um yeah there are there are evolutionary systems to these things so I guess that makes sense too and I think it's it's good also to touch upon um although female friendship is as I said very prevalent female rivalry is also Mm. a thing um in evolution Uh, and i wanted to touch upon a book that i read a long time ago that made me feel a lot better about things especially in dating and and in love and stuff which is a book called sex at dawn can't remember who the author is um but it's called like how we mate why we stray and what it means to modern relationships and it basically looks into pre like human modern humans and how we would have been and the kind of structure and why 
we are the way we are things sort of like monogamy and everything but something that it does touch upon is kind of the well it theorizes the logistics of what it would have been like back in the day and a lot of the time especially with humans the way that we were the female you know her children are looked after by by a male right so he would have sired the young or at least he would believe that he sired the young and then he would provide for Mm -hmm. her so at any point would a male start looking for someone else or like sleeping with someone else and then he then has someone else to look after that female would then Mm -hmm. start to panic and she would be kind of like well shit if he if he doesn't care about this one then and he's starting to care about hers and he won't provide me with anything and i know it sounds really bad because it kind of it makes it sound like we need the males but the thing is back then unfortunately that was how the world was that was how humans were that that just was how it is that's how we evolved yeah and so i think that's why this sort of innate female rivalry is within us because you know maybe yeah we're a little bit offended that that fucking cave johnson is off like going i don't know why i call him cave johnson um cave james (laughs) anyone that watches my streams will understand that so cave james is off like you know trying to turn a bang this other cave lady like the reason you're probably offended but you're probably thinking well shit i'm not gonna have my child provided for now what am i gonna do Mm. and so the funny thing is in the book it actually says it was actually the female's prerogative to then sleep with more men because they think that they sired your child so they'll provide you more stuff um it's very interesting i really would recommend it if you're into evolution and that kind of stuff um it's, it's really interesting but but yeah it's it it kind of makes you think okay well female rivalry has kind of an underlying basis of maybe more than we we realized if that makes sense yeah why we probably get a bit paranoid i i guess it's kind of a distribution of resources thing and this is still still an issue now if you look at like uh places that have already been hit by uh climate change or places that are affected by war uh women and children are less likely to have access to resources than men and uh i i went to a, a book talk uh where Margaret Atwood was talking about uh, when she'd written the Testaments um, sequel to The Handmaid's Tale and she was talking about this this is a massive theme in her writing uh, that she kind of says yeah uh, that that was hugely prevalent in The Handmaid's Tale that women you know in this dystopian if it ever got that bad women would be beholden to the men for access to resources access to healthcare access to food access to safety clean water and like this is based on real stuff that actually happens in the world so like yeah I, I guess it's kind of uh trying to keep the focus on the community aspect yeah. of the uh evolutionary friendships and and not let that uh rivalry side or almost get too yeah. prevalent because it it can really harm people and i guess you know it's great to know where our evolution uh yeah you know how that makes us how we are now but i, I guess you know we're conscious and like uh, uh, in air quotes civilized it doesn't feel like it all the time but we're apparently a civilized society so uh, you know we have we have the choice now of what i guess of, of what i think, think like my my science stuff i just love to kind of look at the back round the innate reason maybe why we do what oh, we God, do yeah it's so but fascinating so obviously fascinating. the world we live in is a very different place to what it was back in cave james's time so <laughs> it's but i just think it's so yeah. interesting because it, it just makes you understand a little bit more about why we do the ones we do but also how to overcome it and how to not be like that and think okay maybe i'm just looking at this this female over here because i'm innately thinking that she's gonna like steal the meat for my kids when really we don't live in the cave types anymore so that's not gonna happen but at least i understand why i feel yeah. this way absolutely i i think you've you've just articulated exactly like i find the evolutionary aspect of psychology so fascinating and if we are gonna ever you know make progress we have to know our roots we have to understand where we've come from and understand why we have certain biological responses to different situations Uh, and that really helps us in in order to understand you know what we want to bring forward like into society in the future um so yeah like uh, yeah absolutely well that's my science section complete let's go to the creative corner (laughs) <laughs> cool leah's creative corner yes um so i mean what was really nice is that like uh i already talked about margaret atwood a little bit and like her, her interest in um you know some of the scientific aspects of uh yeah distribution of resources and female rivalry uh so it's it's nice i like when art and science come together we can do anything yeah, exactly <laughs> What's great is that like there is a lot out there. I think things are changing, especially in 
like my area, which is fantasy fiction. Uh, there are loads of um, supportive female friendships out there and loads of uh, actually uh, retellings. A lot of writers are using retellings to kind of put a new lens on old fairy tales. So there are amazing uh, retellings, which are uh, like there's really wonderful like lesbian retellings of Cinderella and Snow White which are so beautiful and so like just amazing stories that stand on their own regardless of their, the fact that they're a reinterpretation but like you know it gives people a familiarity of like oh I loved that story growing up but then being able to read it through a lens that through you might not necessarily see the world if you're not LGBT for, for example but you can you can still you know, d develop more of an awareness of of, uh, of, yeah. of people from that group and how to know when to stop and listen and amplify their voices and just be a good ally. It's inclusion as well, isn't it? Because I, I really like the idea of the retelling with different sort of, you know, diversity and stuff because for someone, you know, seeing some certain movies in a certain way and not really feeling like they can relate, can now relate to something. Um, especially if it's done mm -hmm. well, you know, I I, th I think that's quite nice to understand that, you know, when, when something like Cinderella and Snow White was made, it was, the world was a very black and white place that wasn't mm -hmm. really, you know, especially like in media, anyone of colour, anything like that, or any kind of, anyone that's kind of, you know, doesn't want Prince Charming, yeah. then it, it's nice, I think, because especially looking back then to see what the world was like and how it's changed now I, I mm. think it was actually a really cool idea yeah for sure and especially nice seeing like that actually fantasy as a genre can really pave the way and there's there's a lot of writing on this where uh, fantasy and sci-fi doesn't have to abide by the rules of this world we can yeah. as writers we can make up our own and uh, really create a whole new playing field on which these stories can be told and which certain voices can be amplified and that is a huge advantage uh for for those kind of genres of, of fiction in particular and when you look at like lord of the rings who uh has those books have three female characters arwen eowyn and galadriel they never really meet in the books. They never talk to each other. All those movies fail the Bechdel test. Like uh, the mm. female representation is so minimal. And then you look at where fantasy is going now. And I, I realize this is quite niche. It won't necessarily interest everybody. But um, it's just really wonderful to see that writers are like pushing those boundaries and representing uh, female friendships and uh, relationships in a way that doesn't adhere to those stereotypes. And I guess like since this podcast is about not not for girls and like you know breaking down those stereotypes yeah. that's just a really wonderful thing that's out there so um i might post some some stuff on social media um if people do want to uh check out some cool awesome like female-led uh female friendship books because uh, I, I i can definitely make some recommendations uh which yeah. are just absolutely awesome and i really quickly actually want to touch on one because this is super topical <laughs> it's not in a fantasy fiction <laughs> uh but uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake has uh, just come out this year, this this spring. And they Aerith and Tifa's friendship is a fantastic example of like a wholesome female friendship in my mind. Because even in the original game, audiences always pitted them against each other as love rivals. But in the original game and in the remake, they never compete with each other. They bond. They have their own friendship. They support yeah. each other. They both kick ass. They never compete for Cloud's affections. And oh, it just it's so amazing to see. And I want more of it. So um, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, like I say, hopefully creators keep bringing us those yeah. stories. Oh, that's a really good point, actually, because I do remember that when I was younger, like the fact that this kind of rivalry was kind of just put out there when it didn't really have any basis to stand mm. on just because they both kind of had relationships with Cloud. They were very different, like very unique relationships to them and they were very individual relationships. Mm. Immediately, they were these rivals when, you know, obviously it wasn't really intended. It was obvious, you, could, you know, you can kind of interpret it how you want, mm. but it was definitely... And I, I think, yeah, when the new one came out, everyone was kind of like, oh, like, what's going to happen? Like, but really, like, just, just look past that. Like, it's not always about... Well, for a start, it's not always about, like, who wins. Yeah. You know, these people have genuine friendships and genuine relationships with each other, and, and that should be the focus, not who not who's going to win whoever. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, they, they never en enter into the rivalry, ever. Like, they, they just 
they they help each other they support each other and like oh, i i know this is real niche and sorry if anybody doesn't get this reference but like when Aerith gets uh, taken to the shinra building and tifa is so like we have to help her like i feel so responsible like we need to we need to save her yeah. like oh my god i just i get it's like female friendship goals yeah my heart just does little jumps and i'm like i, I just love them they're so awesome yeah. um so yeah i hope i hope that we get more of those uh especially of those two yeah. in the next uh remakes agreed it's really refreshing yeah wow that was a very like extensive chat we covered a lot yeah (laughs) we did we had a lot to say it seems yeah and um yeah we would love to to hear what you guys think um if you want to get in touch with us and tell us about your experiences with friendships yeah we'd love to know absolutely uh we are at not for girls pod on twitter and instagram so you can come and chat to us there uh, or if you want to email us, we are notforgirlspodcast at gmail.com. Cool. All right, then. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.